0: This sermon is entitled, The Hairy Mantle, and was preached by Rev. Roland Mitchell at the Interchurch Holiness Convention in Dayton, Ohio, in 2012. I trust you will enjoy today's message. Let's look at 1 Kings 19, the book of 1 Kings chapter 19. We're reading tonight just a couple of verses, beginning with verse 19. We're breaking in on the reading tonight. So he departed thence, as Elijah, and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him, and he with the twelfth. And Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him, and he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow thee. And he said unto him, Go back again, for what have I done to thee? And he returned back from him, and took a yoke of oxen, and slew them, and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen, and gave unto the people, and they did eat. Then he rose, and went after Elijah, and ministered unto him. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, We're so glad to be in this great assembly of your people tonight. Our hearts have been touched by the anointed singing. Now, Lord, at this point in this service, we need your help desperately tonight. You do know what you want to do. We pray that you'll come and help us. We've never learned to preach much at all on our own, except you come and help us. Do it and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. As the scene opens tonight, we see an old man and time has furrowed his brow and experience has mellowed his spirit. A recent encounter with God has put a fresh twinkle in his eye and he's spent some time in the cave and he's heard from God and he's hastened now with a quick and hurried step. On his shoulders is a hairy mantle. It's the hairy cloak, uh, the rough cloak of a prophet's office. Uh, He's scanning the horizon as he watches 12 yoke of oxen plowing around a large field. He's looking for a boy. He's got his eyes set to find the young man that God has told him to come and anoint to be prophet in his room. Twelve yoke of oxen are plying around the field, and he watches them carefully as they make their way. Team after team is passing by. They're making a great swath around this field. They're scratching the surface of this field with primitive plows made from seasoned Timbers, triple or quadruple tree forks. And each one of them is pulled by a team of plodding oxen and followed by a sturdy farmer. Following the last team is Elisha. He's the son of Shaphat. His home is a little village of no great importance. We might say nowhere. It's in the Jordan Valley. He's not a son of the prophets, He's not expecting company as far as we can tell. He has never laid eyes on the grizzly figure that stands at the edge of the plowed field. He doesn't know it yet, but God has picked him out. For you see, he's caught the attention of the God of heaven and he's been marked for greatness. His life is about to change forever and he doesn't know it yet. As his team comes round the field, the old man runs forward. He seems to say nothing to him at all, but he runs forward and throws his hairy prophet's cloak on the shoulders of this young man and cast it to his own young man that he's picked out and God has picked out Elisha and in a moment of time even though no words appear to have been exchanged both men knew without question this was the will of God the call of God on a life of an individual should be crystal clear and when it is the outcoming is going to be remarkable and dramatic, the plow grinds to halt Elisha turns around and the old prophet is already stalking across the field do you remember when the hairy cloak of calling fell upon your shoulders he runs after Elijah the man and the mantle of a great man has fallen upon him now but it's really not just a great mantle, it's not just a hairy coat of a prophet, but now the call of God is upon his life. And this hairy coat represented a very powerful call. God wanted Elijah the prophet to pour himself into Elisha. And when this coat touched his shoulders, The hand of an omnipotent God reached out and touched a boy's heart, and he was never the same. This hairy coat, this cloak, this mantle of a prophet would not be a popular coat, for when he wore it, it was going to mark him. I want to tell you tonight that to put on the mantle of the call of God will mark you. We have a call to holiness tonight and when you accept the call it's going to mark you forever. You're going to be different than you were before you had the call. It wasn't popular to be a prophet then. And it's not going to be now. But when he put on the hairy coat, he would be identifying himself. He would be exposing himself to Jezebel's wrath. Listen. The devil knows when you put on the hairy coat and so does everybody else. It's an unpopular route in a time of great despair. But in an instant of time, Elisha's made up his mind. He's going to wear the hairy coat. He's slaying oxen now. He's burning the plow. He's burning the instruments of the oxen there. Uh, Listen, I want to tell you tonight, I want to remind all of us that are in ministry and those that are called to ministry, ministry is not a part-time job. When the hairy coat falls on your shoulders, it's your calling. And anything else that you do will be the part-time job. He's saying goodbye to mom and dad. They're having a little picnic there. I well remember many years ago now when my wife and I were going to take our first little pastorate. It was the church nobody wanted, and we were on our way. And our home church made us a little party and baked us a cake and gave us their blessing. And away we went. We thought we were going to the end of the world, but it was only 40 miles. We didn't go home for three months after we went, but the hairy coat had fell on our shoulders and the home crowd said goodbye with our blessing. And away we went. He's saying goodbye to mom and dad. He's got the call of God on his life. He's having a picnic now with his friends and his kinfolk. And the main dish is boiled ox. It's time for some of you young people to boil the ox. It's time for some boys and girls in this crowd to boil the ox and wear the hairy mantle of a prophet. In this mantle would be a mantle of a servant. Scripture tells us that he poured water on the hands of Elijah. He's not going to be parking in the senior pastor's parking spot at the church for a while. I've never had one of those. He wouldn't be pastoring First Church just yet. What's he gonna be doing? He's gonna be carrying the water jug. He's gonna be pouring water on the hands of the prophet and he's gonna do it willingly. Because his heart is a servant's heart. He has the call of God down on his soul. He'd rather follow after this old man with a jug of water than anything he knows. He's got a prophet's call. Who is this old man that he's following anyway? Who is this old gentleman that wears the hairy mantle? I'll tell you who he is. He's a man that knew God. In 1 Kings chapter 17 and verse 1, uh, he declares that it's not going to rain nor do anymore until he says so. Listen, if you don't know God, you can't say anything like that. Elijah was a man who was moved by God. God. We remember when God hid Elijah by the brook Cherith and the Lord commanded the ravens to defeat Elijah and they brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening and where in the world did they get it? I believe God has a sense of humor and I've always thought that they flew right to Jezebel's castle. And I believe one of them would fly into the bakery department and put his, his talons on a couple of those big bakery buns uh, that were being made for the prophets of Baal and the grove. Uh, and I believe another one would fly in uh, to the meat department uh, and put his talons down in some roast beef that was headed for Jezebel's table. Uh, but God had commanded them to feed him and they were going to do it because he was God's man and he was moved by God, and he was where God wanted him to be, and God was gonna take it up to feed him. I'm confident tonight that anybody that's been in the ministry has probably moved when they should have stayed. I am confident tonight that I have moved a time or two when I should have lingered, and I think some churches get in a big hurry when they push a pastor on down the road. I believe it's always good to know and have the complete and known will of God before we do anything. Elijah was moved by God. Elijah was moved by God to Zarephath. Jezebel and Ahab were looking for him everywhere. Where does God send Elijah? To Jezebel's mom and daddy's back door, Zarephath. And he told Elijah, he said, now go on down there. He said, I've commanded a widow woman there to sustain you. And so Elijah moves on down and he comes into this little place. And there's a lady there gathering a couple of sticks. And Elijah approaches her. He knows who she is. God's already told him who she is. Uh, He's there by divine appointment. And the the story is that God has told Elijah that this woman gathering the two sticks is supposed to feed him while he's there. And he asked her for a drink, and she complies. And then Elijah, like any good wholeness preacher would do, he said, make me a cake. And she said, oh my... She said, I've just got a little handful of meal in my barrel and a little oil in in my cruise uh, and I'm going to take these two sticks right here and build a small fire and I'm going to bake this cake and then my son and I are going to eat it and die. Warm reception. I've been a couple places like it. Won't go down that road. And you know, this woman had a problem. Uh, She didn't know how she was going to feed the prophet because her meal barrel was empty. Her little cruise only had a little oil in it. And she didn't have a very good attitude about this whole thing. And you know, we're, we're running into people now that about the only kind of fire they can build up is one that two sticks the two-stick fire. And I don't know how big this cake was that she made, but it couldn't have been worth a hoot. She said she had a handful of meal, and I've never baked a cake. Someday when my wife's gone, I'm going to try this. She had a handful of meal and a little oil, and I think when the thing came out, it was probably about the size of a Kennedy half dollar. But Elijah convinced her that she should make him a cake first. You see, Elijah knew something. Elijah knew that God had commanded her to feed him. And if she didn't do it, she was gonna be in trouble. And God wanted Elijah to convince this woman that she should do what she should. And so Elijah said, make me one first. There's a principle there, folks. God wants to be first. He wants you to do what he tells you to do. And so she did, she made him a cake. He must have ate it right down in one swallow, I don't know. But you know, Elijah stayed with her quite a while, and I think the cakes kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger until I think maybe they were about the size of a three-tier wedding cake because God was supplying Elijah's need. He'd sent Elijah there, he moved him to that widow. He moved him to that barren spot and God was gonna take care of him. Who is this old man with the ratty mantle? I'll tell you who he is. He's a man that brought the dead boy back to life. The son of this widow fell ill and died and Elijah was called and he went in and he took that little fellow up and laid him on his own bed in his upper chamber And he began to call on God. He began to stretch himself over this little child. He did it three times. And Elijah said, oh God, let this child's soul come into him again. And the Lord heard the prayer of Elijah. And that little boy's soul came back into him again. And he was handed back to his mother alive and well. Some of you are going to be called on to go to dead places. And some of you young preachers are about to get the shock of your life. But I want to tell you something. I'm looking for a generation I believe God is a generation of prophets who can stretch themselves over what seems to be a dead crowd, what seems to be a dead situation, what seems to be a hopeless corner in the middle of nowhere and stretch yourself out over that thing until you bring it to light by the help of God. Elijah This old man with the ratty mantle was spirit moved. Ahab and Obadiah divided the country up between themselves. They're looking for something. They're looking for grass for the horses and mules. Now you know things are desperate if the king's out hunting for grass for his horse. Ahab's a proud man. He's not going to walk. Even if he has to become part-time shepherd, he's going to ride. Ahab and Obadiah divided the country up between them and uh, Obadiah took one part and Ahab took the other. And about that time, Elijah showed up and he said, uh, go tell your master that I'm here. i got something to tell him. Obadiah said, no way. He said, about the time I go find him and tell him you're here, the Spirit of the Lord will move you off somewhere else and I won't know where where you are and my head will roll, no way. Folks, I, I recall the hour that the wholeness crowd was spirit moved. We were unpredictable. We didn't know what time we were getting out. We couldn't order pizzas and have them brought in at 9.05. We were unpredictable. The meeting would go on into the night and souls were shouting and praising God because we were spirit moved. Elijah was spirit moved. Elijah had a message. We remember how that when Ahab finally showed up, he said, Elijah, art thou he that troubleth Israel? You know, the the religious right always gets blamed for everything, and it's still the same today. But he said, "Uh, no, he said, it's not me, but it's you. Elijah had a message. And he said, it's not me, it's you. It's you that have left God. It's you that have raised up allers to veil. It's you that have the message that I'm giving today. He said, it's you. Elijah had a message. Folk need I tell you tonight. We've got a message for this world. We've got a message for people that seem hopeless and helpless, people that have gone far from God. We've got the message of second blessing holiness and it's still our watchword. Who is this old man with the ratty mantle? He's the man that could get the fire down. Yes, sir. They had a little contest on the mount and and Elijah told them what the rules were going to be. He said, the God that answers by fire, let's let him be God. They all agreed. And the Baalite crowd was given the center stage and they carried on something fearful. They cried and prayed to their God and they cut themselves and blood ran and and, uh, Elijah sitting over on the side and He said, boys, better call out a little louder. I believe your God's on a trip somewhere. I believe your God's on a trip. I I think he's resting someplace. Call louder, fellas. Keep trying. (laughs) Nothing was forthcoming. No fire. No fire. But when they finally gave up the thing and the time of the evening sacrifice was made, Elijah repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. The first step to seeing the fire fall was repairing the altar. And then Elijah laid the sacrifice out carefully and he called for water. Barrels and barrels of water and they poured it on and they soaked it down and it filled up the trench. Now I don't know about any of you, but I've started a few fires. And green wood don't burn and wet wood doesn't burn. And I'm always looking for a little piece of tinder to get the thing going. But not Elijah. He said, more water, boys. More water. More water. And Elijah lifted his hands toward heaven and prayed a 63 word prayer. And the fire fell from heaven. Oh, folks, he was a man that could get the fire down. And if there's anything we need in this generation, it's a crowd of people that can still get the fire down on the service. We used to play church when I was a boy and we did it because it was fun. We did it because there were so many interesting people in the home church. We did it because they did unusual things. We wanted to shout and run like they did at home church. Now, if you wanna play church, all you gotta do is just sit down and, and, and look like you're asleep And the reason kids don't play church anymore, it's no fun now. But oh, for the crowd that can get the fire down. Oh, I tell you, my home church made me hungry for God when I was just a little fellow. Yes, they did. I'm afraid if I'd have been born in some of these dead places that I see nowadays, I'd have never made it. But oh, thank God for somebody that can get the fire down. Somebody that can pray the fire down. And Elijah was that man. Ahaziah was sick, the Bible says. He'd fallen through the lattice. I don't know about all of that. But he, he thought he was dying. And he told his servant, he said, go, uh, go ask Beelzebub how I'm gonna be doing and the little servant went off to inquire of Beelzebub and about that time Elijah stepped out of the shadows and he said to him he said where are you going he said well King Ahaziah is falling through the lattice, he's in an awful way and I'm being sent down to inquire of Beelzebub how he's going to turn out and Elijah said go tell him thus saith the Lord he's going to die Sweet. When Ahaziah got the word, little servant gets back, said, well, what did Beelzebub say? You've gone not very, very long. He said, I didn't get to Beelzebub. Said, some grizzly old man in a hairy cloak met me along the way. And he told me to tell you this, you're gonna die. Ahaziah was furious. He sent a captain and 50 men with him. They come down to the bottom of the little hill where Elijah lived. Man of God. Elijah steps out, yes. The king says to come down here right now. Elijah said, well, if I'm a man of God, then let fire from heaven fall on you and your are 50. Boom, poof greasy spot (laughs) gone just gone somebody saw the thing and went and told the king he's furious he sends out another captain 50 more guys man of God yes the king says to get out here right now Elijah said, if I'm a man of God, then let fire fall from heaven and destroy you and your 50. Bam, poof, greasy spot number two. Gone. Somebody escaped, saw the thing and escaped back, told the king, he's furious. He sends another captain with 50 guys. This dude has some sense. He comes down there and gets down on one knee. That's what the Bible says. Man of God. (laughs) He said, please, sir, I know that two other captains have already been here and that fire fell from heaven and destroyed them completely. But he said, I wish that you would look down on me and my 50 men and that you would have compassion on us. And if you'd feel like it, the king would like to see at your convenience, sir. (laughs) Smart. Listen, there was a day when people couldn't flitter in and out of our churches like butterflies. They couldn't just flitter in and out on Christmas and Easter and Sunday mornings. They got under old time Holy Ghost conviction. And they couldn't stand it. And the last night of revival, they'd they lay out because they knew they couldn't take the heat. Elijah could get the fire down. Who is this old man with a hairy mantle? The hairy prophet's coat. He's the old fellow that could stay ahead of the enemy. The Bible tells us that after the great contest on Carmel, Elijah began to ask the Lord to send rain. And he sent a servant out several times, I think seven times. He always came back with a report, nothing changing. And finally the servant said, you know, there's a cloud, it looks like a man's hand, it's kind of off in the distance there. Elijah jumped up and said, yes, yes. He said, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. That's faith. It's going to take that for some of you. Amen. Move in on the first night of a meeting. It takes faith to expect something. When you look over the crowd, it doesn't look like much going on. I was in a little place one time and the pastor said, I believe the Lord's going to give us several new souls saved in this meeting. On my way back to the house, I said to my wife, oh my, oh my. And the next night I said, oh my. Every night I said, oh my, but you know what? God did it. On the last night of the meeting, the altar was lined all the way across and several new people claimed to have been saved. A little cloud was all Elijah needed to get him in the mood to run. Come on. How long's it been since you've been in the mood to run? He told the servant, he said, go down there and tell Ahab, behold, I hear the sound of abundance of rain and he better get back to Jezreel. He's fixing to get wet. And away they went. Now, I don't know exactly what happened. I wasn't an eyewitness to this thing. But I believe they was riding along in the chariot and the fellow that was doing the drive and looked in the rear view mirror And he said, oh king, live forever, but somebody's a coming up behind us. And Ahab must have said something like this. Wait a minute, that's impossible. I've got the fastest horse left in the kingdom. I've fed him myself. And the the servant said, oh king, live forever. This guy's not on a horse. He's a running. And he's about to catch us. And about that time, Elijah, he comes trucking by the troubler of Israel. He comes trucking by. And I think he reached around and waved goodbye. And he stayed ahead of Ahab and beat him back to Jezreel. You can't do that. Unless God's helping you run. Listen, folks. We need a generation that can stay ahead of the devil. It's time for us to get our running shoes on. We've seen a cloud about like a man's hand, uh, and we're ready for revival, and we're going to see something happen. Who is this old man? Who is this old grizzly fella with the hoary hair wearing that old ratty mantle? he's a man that had a glorious home going the scene's changing now time has passed by and one day Elijah says to Elisha boy stay here I'm going down to Bethel and I want you to stay here and and Elisha said oh no as the Lord thy God liveth I'm going with you And he went. They got down there to Bethel and the sons of the prophets came up and said, uh, hey, don't you know the Lord's gonna take your master away from your head today? He said, yes, I know it. Hold your peace. Elijah said, now you stay here, Elisha. I'm going down to Jericho. You just stay here. He said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I'm going with you. And he went, they got down there, and the sons of the prophets kind of gathered around little Elisha. They said, You know, the Lord's going to take your master away from your head today. He said, I know it. Hold your peace. A little later, Elijah said, Now, Elisha, you stay here. I'm going down to the Jordan, and I want you to linger here. And Elisha said, No, I'm going with you. And he went. And again, the sons of the prophets said to him, don't you know the Lord's going to take your master away from your head today? He said, yeah, I know it. Hold your peace. And directly, Elijah, he stepped out toward the Jordan and he took off that old prophet's coat, that old hairy cloak. And he wrapped it up, uh, and he took that old coat and he smote the water and washed it washed up on both sides, and he just went walking across there. And little old Elisha, he just came in right behind him. Yeah. They got over there and Elijah said, Now boy, he said, the Lord's fixing to come and get me. The Lord's fixing to come and get me. And and he said, I just wondered, you've been a faithful servant to me. And I wondered if you had any final requests before I go. Elisha didn't have to think long. He said, yeah. He said, I'll tell you what I want. I want a double portion of your spirit. Oh, Elijah said, Oh my, you've asked a hard thing. Let me tell you something. Elijah knew that if anybody had twice what he had of God, they probably couldn't stay in their skin. It'd be about like you asking if you could have a double portion of H.E. Darnell. Wouldn't that be a sight to see? Double portion. You know, we're content with too little most of us would be content to have half of the glory that the old timers had, to have half of the wave of revival that they had in years gone by. We don't even think about having double of what they had, yet the Bible plainly tells us in the last days that the Lord would pour out His Spirit. Elijah said, you've asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I go, it shall be done to you. You know, I believe from that moment, Elisha never took his eyes off that old man. Listen, I've got my eyes on some people tonight. I've got my eyes on some folk. I I remember standing next to my pastor in the First Church of the Nazarene in Franklin, Indiana when I was just a little toe-headed boy. I had a little outline book in my hand I'd been sitting on the front seat with a ballpoint pen and I'd been trying to scratch down the outline that Norman Palmer just preached in the the front of my little New Testament it didn't say Roland Mitchell it said Reverend Norman Palmer because I was him and he'd get done preaching and I always did him a big favor I'd open the altar for him Every Sunday night, Raleigh Mitchell went to the altar. I opened the altar for my pastor every Sunday night. He was fixing to have a seeker, and I needed to go. I'd stand by him after church, and he'd put his arm around my neck and rub the top of my little burr head with his thumb, and I'd stand right next to Brother Palmer and shake hands with everybody as they went out because I had my eyes on a man. I watched my father through the years as he pastored one little home mission church after another. He always took churches nobody wanted. The district superintendent always called, say, Max, I just feel like God wants you over here. That's where we'd go. Nail tin can lids over rat holes, go to Murphy's five and 10 and buy plastic curtains to put on a sea of empty windows and set up, begin to set up shop paint the buildings, mow the grass, trim the shrubs, get a sign, clean the church, haul out the trash. I remember one day busting up old theater seats. It was in a basement of a church. Dad said, what are these? They said, well, we built them in here. When we built the church, we can't get them out. They stacked all over the place in there, in the basement. Boy, my dad got them out. I went down there with him one day and both of us had a sledgehammer. And before the day was over, the theater seats were outside in a pile. One whole mission church after another, I saw my dad go to. And I saw him take them and, t- and, and build every one of them into something that college boys was interested in when they graduated. Folks, I've followed my dad across the years and I've got confidence in what my dad taught me. I've got confidence in what those old timers who used to grace the platform of Camby Camp used to teach me. I'm not looking for any other route to go. I've got my eyes set tonight. I'm not looking any other direction because what they had was real and I saw it happen with my own eyes and I want a double shot of it. He's a watching. He's got his eyes peeled. He ain't gonna let this old man get away from him. It'd be a good idea for some of you boys to set your eyes on some old grizzly man with a hairy mantle. Come on. Come on. He's a watching all at once here come a chariot of fire and horses from heaven. And away goes Elijah, and away goes. And Elijah said, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. In other words, there goes everybody and everything. His eyes are filled with tears as he looks into the sky and sees the old chariot disappear. But about that time, something hits him in the face. It's the old hairy coat. He's seen this thing before. He remembers how he felt that day when he was following that yoke of oxen when the old prophet threw the hairy coat over his shoulders. He remembers the moment that he burned the plow and killed the oxen. He remembers the moment he said goodbye to mom and dad. The sons of the prophet sitting on the other side of the river saying, we better go get a canoe and get Elisha. He's stranded over there. And by the way, would you nominate me for general superintendent? Absolutely. No, I don't know what they were saying. But all at once, little Elisha, he took that thing. He said, how'd do he do that? He said, the Lord God of Elijah, whop and whoosh. The water went up on both sides. No lie should just come right across. Yeah. On dry ground, no less. He had a hold of something. He had a hold of the man's mantle that had been through the dry brook that had seen the widow's kitchen that could get the fire down, that had a message from God, that stay ahead of the enemy, that brought a dead boy back to life, who had a glorious home going. He had that mantle, and I'm here to tell you tonight, I've got the mantle. It's been given to me by godly men. I've got it. Sons of the prophets became believers. They said, forget about nominating me for general superintendent. Here's what they said they said, the the, the, the spirit of the Lord God of Elijah, the, the, the rest on Elisha. Everybody believes Elisha for general superintendent, say, I. I! He's in. He was in before they voted. He was in because God had his eye on a boy and he caused an old man to pour himself into that boy and he did it. That boy poured water on the hands of that old man until he had some sense. I think they turned me loose too quick, Pastor. I didn't have any sense yet. He had the mantle. Well, I gotta quit because it's 920. But I want to tell you something. Elijah did what he promised. Elisha had a double portion. He had just twice as many miracles as Elijah did. Unbelievable. But you know, finally Elisha died and they put, his, they put his body in a cave, rolled a rock up over it. And later on, years passed. Israel was having some kind of war and one of their comrades died, you know. And, and man, they heard hoof beats in the distance. Here comes these enemy people. Oh, we don't want them to take our brother's body and molest it. We don't know what we're going to do. Somebody said, I saw a cave over there. So let's throw him in there. And that will hide in the bushes. And when the enemy's gone by, we'll get this old fella out. Give him a decent barrel. Shoot some guns over his grave. Not really. And they took that old boy that was dead and throwed him in the cave, hid in the bushes. Here comes the enemy by, they're gone. Somebody said, well, let's go get her brother out and give him a decent barrel. Help! Get me out of here! One of them said, is that what I think it is? Was he dead? Was he dead? He's dead. Was he dead? He was dead. Was he dead? He was dead. dead." They go over there and roll that old rock off and out comes this guy. They said, you was dead. He said, I was? Yeah, wasn't he dead? He's dead. Was he dead? He was dead. What in the world? They go over there and look on the grave marker. Elisha the prophet. (laughs) Who was this? It was the boy that had the double portion of the guy who went through the dry brook who was fed by the ravens, (laughs) who went to the woman with the bad attitudes kitchen, who stretched himself over a dead boy and brought him back to life, who could get the fire down, who was spirit moved, who stayed ahead of the enemy, who had a message from God, who had a glorious home going. And his bones brought somebody back to life. I want us to stand together tonight and Brother R.B. and Brother Ben are coming to play a song. And here's what I want to ask you tonight. I want to know if there's any boys and girls here and you want to take on the hairy mantle tonight. To the heritage of The fire. I don't lose the glory. Thank you for listening to Convention Pulpit, a ministry of inner church holiness convention featuring Wesleyan voices past and present for more sermons or for more information, visit www.ihconvention.com. This ministry is made possible through the financial support of our listeners. You may give online at IHConvention.com or send your donation to IHC, Post Office Box 99, New Berlin, Pennsylvania, 17855-USA.